So let's get started. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne to receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us, keeping us, allowing us all the things that pertain to life and godliness for your purpose and for your glory. This is why you blessed us with these things, and we thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to continue talking about the fact that you're healed anyway, say so. Amen, you are healed anyway, amen. So really, when you're in covenant with God, healing is not really something you have to ask for. Amen. Even though a Mark 11:23 tells us what things soever we desire, when we pray, believe we receive them and we'll have them. Amen. And and then we can have what we say. So you can by faith say it. You're going to do that anyway. Amen. When symptoms try to reoccur or they try to attack you even more so, you're going to say that you're healed. You'll make that declaration. So that the enemy hears it and he must flee. Amen. We resist him by declaring our health, our healing. We declare our covenant. And so when you declare your covenant, that means that you're coming into agreement with God. You are affirming what he already said. Amen. So the things that we receive from God, he must have already said these things. That's why Jesus, when he fought Satan, he didn't tell you, I'm the son of God. Who you think you mess? He said, it is written. Amen. He referred him to the covenant. Amen. When Jesus found himself in a flesh body, he had to live covenant life just like we do. Amen. In submission to the Father and allowing the Father to direct and lead us in all things. And so he set that example for us so that we would know how to resist the enemy. So we resist him with what is already written. You don't need to think up anything new to tell the devil. Amen. Uh, Just receive what God has given you as a weapon so that you can really defeat him. And so yesterday we spoke some about the fact that, that we are healed, about faith, and how faith really helps us to form a picture and a vision for how we see ourselves. And we talked about the importance of seeing yourself if the enemy is robbing you of your health or if he has put symptoms on your body. We talked about the fact that we need to see ourselves as our, as God sees us and he sees us heal, whole and healthy. So in your imagination, which you are allowed to use because God gave it to you, God will begin to put pictures in there uh, when you begin to speak the word, they just kind of come automatically. So you don't have to conjure anything up. When you begin to say, I am healed, I'm whole, I'm delivered, uh, you know, you will automatically get a, a picture in your spirit and in the mind of your spirit about what that looks like. You know, healthy, whole, the way you were before a sickness attacked you. And so these things are all important to increase your faith and to keep yourself in that place where you don't consider uh, what's going on in the natural. Men, Abraham, the Bible says, considered not his own body now dead. Well, it just means that maybe those thoughts will come to him, but he didn't consider it. He didn't focus on it. He didn't meditate on it. So take the the image that you, you see of yourself whole and, and healed and sound 
and meditate on that. That's a good thing to meditate. Don't let it just flash through your brain and flash out again. You know, let it uh, take up residence in your mind and say, oh, God, I like that. I, I like the way that that looks. I like the way I look healthy and whole and, and uh, slender. A size two, please. I was going to say, I don't wear a two nothing. I mean, seriously. But anyway, that's somebody's correct size. So anyhow, God bless you wherever you are. Praise the Lord. So we, we need to, uh, allow ourselves to fully meditate on the fact that we are healed and meditate on God's word and, and keep that vision before us. Amen. So we're not to change our vision of health and accept the evil report. We mentioned that yesterday. Uh thank you for putting on Facebook, whoever put it on there. That was that was a quote to remember, so praise God. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, many times lingering symptoms may cause us to lose focus if we meditate on them, if you pay attention to them. So you have to be in the consider not family in order to be able to get uh, the Abra- See, Abraham's last name was Consider Not. You notice they didn't have a last name for him. So I'll tell you his last name. It was Consider Not, Stagger Not. Amen. So that was his last name. And so Abraham was able to not consider what the natural realm was telling him was a fact. And he was able to not not stagger at what God had promised him. Through unbelief. Now you can stagger through excitement. Amen. Poppy, you gonna help me out today. I mean, you know. When she walked in the room, what'd you do? You staggered, didn't you? That's what I'm talking about right there. Yes. So we're not talking about that. We're talking about staggering not through unbelief. So you can stagger through excitement, joy, and all of those things, amen. But in unbelief, we're not allowed to stagger, amen. So, so he, he didn't, he didn't buckle under the weight of the promise. See, when you stagger through unbelief, you start wondering what I gotta do to get it. That's the only thing that can make you get uncomfortable with a good promise. When we hear the promises of God, we should get excited because you want to see them come to pass. Amen. The bigger, the better. Amen. Most of us will walk with God for a while. We get he, we get to meditate on something. Big. Oh Lord, I wonder what it's gonna cost me to do this now. Last time I got something big from God, almost killed me. Huh? <laughs> But he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So, you know, just trust him that these things, he does these things not to upset our day. He wants to bless us. Amen. Blessings come with with a, a mandate to change. You know, because if you could be blessed the way you are right now, you'd have it already. So there's going to some change, but God is one who does the changing. Amen. All we have to do is allow the change to take place. And not get so bent out of shape about it. Amen. You know, thinking about uh, getting married again at my age. Um, you know, it's like, well, good grief. Look at God. Have you seen this room of mine? 
Any man that would get comfortable up in here, I don't want. Hey. <laughs> so what does that mean? That mean girlfriend that gotta, you know, gotta bust a sweat around there and start keeping things neat. Uh, keep them orderly. Act like you expect in company. See, the more tidy you are, the more faith is expressed. Okay, wait a minute. Now I heard that. Who, wait a minute. Which one of y'all said, well, I'm going to keep it nasty so he won't come? God will make him bust up in there with the nasty house and everything that just to show you he can't deny himself. Oh, if you don't clean it up, they won't come. Huh? (laughs) God will do it anyway just to show you. Amen. That brother come through there cracking the whip day one. See, you don't want that. Now everybody go run home and clean up. <laughs> them dust bunnies. Them ain't pets. That's dust, okay? <laughs> so your faith must affirm God's reality, not earth's reality. Amen. It affirms God's reality. And I don't care how far away you think that promise is from manifesting. You got to affirm it anyway. See, it's this is all in our minds. It's too hard. It's going to take too much. Oh, boy, that's incurable. Oh, boy, there's no remedy. All of that is in our minds, and that's what God's trying to clear out. He's trying to clear the clutter out of our minds so that we can take on the mind of Christ and begin to enjoy fellowship with God and, and seeing things the way he sees. That's part of our fellowship with him is getting the word and, and dream a little dream with God. Amen. Get a little vision from him. Get a little understanding of things to come so that you can, can really function in the, the total manifestation of his kingdom in your life. So, so you have to affirm what God's reality is. Amen. So, so when we look at everything that comes against us, add it all up, symptoms, the doctor's report, the diagnosis, family history, they call generational curses. Amen. You're the generation of the righteous. You don't have any curse on your life. Amen. There's no curse on your life. Amen. I remember when that was a big thing going through the body of Christ where everybody was tracking down curses. And one day I told the Lord, I said, why can't we just accept the blessing? He said, you can. That's what you're supposed to do. Amen. He, you know, the word of the, when God wants you to, to, when, when information past history or something is relevant to a person's healing, it'll be revealed in a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom or a prophecy where God gets that to open that person's faith up to receive their healing then and there. God didn't tell us to get a family history like they do in the world and start tracing down who in the family was this and who in the family was that and what they didn't do and all this kind of stuff. It's not how we minister to people. And so when when anything that's that's past history that's relevant will come through in a word of knowledge. See, many times God will use that to open people's faith up 
to receive the word uh, that he's ministering. Amen. I remember uh, my husband was, uh, uh, we were in, in Detroit. And he was new in the things of God. And there was a man of God that was prophesying to him. And he described a um, a scar that my husband had on his back from a surgery he'd had when he was a kid. And so my husband just looked like that. You know, you could see when his spirit began to open up. It's like, how could God describe, how did this man know that? You see what I'm saying? It's something nobody saw. And so it was just one of those things where it was relevant to help that person's faith. So God will do things like that when they're relevant to help your faith. But he doesn't have us go back through our past and then heap burdens on us. That's always religion. Amen. Religion, that's what Jesus said about the Pharisees. You heap heavy burdens on, burdens too hard to bear, and you don't even obey that nonsense. And so when you see heavy burdens being levied on people, that is not coming from the Spirit of God. So when you get a bad diagnosis, a prognosis that's grim, you know, you'll never recover. You'll always have to do what and what and what that kind of stuff, you don't receive that. Amen. You, you still have to affirm God's decree that you're healed. You know, I, I don't care what you say. I'm healed anyway. You understand what I'm saying? You know, people say sometimes, well, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, it's okay to say that's, that's what's a fact. No, I'm not even going to get a devil that much. Take your facts and go home, devil. Take your facts with you. I'm healed. You mess around playing around. It's a fact. It is, oh, you can't deny that. No, it's there, but I deny it's temporary. See, I deny it's right to stay here. I deny it's ability to overcome the word of God in my life. I deny you to fight the word, make me accept you. Jesus name. What's up with that? So we're healed anyway. In spite of everything that comes against us, we're healed anyway. We need to say so. Amen. Devil, I'm healed anyway. Care what you got going on today. You can get results, lab work, test, test, you know, tests and stuff. You know, a lot of stuff is not accurate. You're going to take a test tube over God's word. God's word is tried and proven. Amen. Them methods depend on what them people feeling like from day to day. Listen, I worked in a lab in a hospital. Enough said, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I could do that stuff. Uh, don't doubt me. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. It's humans. Humans do stuff. You know, we would have, sometimes they'd be screaming for test results and the machine wouldn't really calibrate it right and you wouldn't. You just hope nothing went wrong. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you sent the results. You waited there. Code. <laughs> oh, it didn't. Nobody coded. I guess we got away with it. I'm telling y'all the truth. So you know what I'm saying. Come on now. We got a covenant. We got a guarantee. We don't have to live, you know, at the mercy of the world's methods. Any of this stuff. That's why we've been studying healing. So we don't get Rona. Amen. She just ain't coming home with me. Amen. 
Amen. She can't even follow me. She can't get in my vehicle and ride for to the next bus stop. Amen. No hitchhikers here. You don't embrace sickness. You make it flee. Amen. Amen. So Isaiah 53, that's our, our, uh, one of our scriptures for health and healing. And really that is the, the, uh, announcement about the servant that would suffer for mankind. And it says in verse one, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord, re- the strength of the Lord revealed? That's what arm means. It says is, and, and it says here, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. That means he's, he's special. Roots don't come out of dry ground. That's a supernatural occurrence. Amen. And it says, and he has no former comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. And this is talking about him at, on the cross. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But surely he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smitten of God, stricken and afflicted. But he was wounded for our Sins, transgressions, and bruise for our iniquities. The chastisement that brought about our peace was laid on him. So that means that no punishment that you go through is paying for anything for you. So you might as well skip it. Amen. You know, you can skip the punishment. You can skip the beating up yourself and saying, oh, I did this right and wrong and I did that wrong. You know, just skip it. That's all, that won't help your case any. Everything that was, was necessary for God to cancel your punishment for your sins has been done flawlessly and perfectly. See, if you're going to sit up and feel bad about what you did, how long are you going to do it? You can't get a word from God about how long to feel bad about yourself to satisfy him that you feel bad enough for what you did wrong. It's not paying for anything. It's not getting you anywhere. So you might as well ask God to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so you can go out and be happy again. Amen. Well, see, that means you'll sin again. You probably will, but you won't do it because God took the the punishment. That's not your motive for going out and doing wrong. Come on now. See, there are a lot of people who don't really believe the work is finished and God knows what he's doing. And he did a complete and a perfect job. See, God is the one who had to be satisfied that your sins were paid for. That's why he sent his son to do it perfectly. So that we don't have to do that over again to prove to God that we really feel bad about what we did. He knows you feel bad. He lives inside of you. He knows everything. But sitting and punishing yourself mentally and wishing you hadn't done it and 
you know, oh, just go, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like I should be asking God for anything because I, you know, done wrong. All the stuff we go through. Amen. That that's not that's not helping it. He would prefer you understand how to accept the free gift of the atonement. How to accept you're no good to him sitting around moping, feeling sorry for yourself and carrying on and on and on. You're good. You're some good to him when you accept his forgiveness, his cleansing, and he can go set you off to do something. Go out, beat up the devil. You can only do that if you're cleansed and restored. Amen. So that's why he cleanses and restores us so we can be about our purpose down here. Your purpose is not to try to atone for your own sins. It's not your purpose. Your purpose is to live sin free. That's what grace does. It empowers you to leave, live sin free. It's an empowerment. It, it's not, huh? It's not a free pass to do something. Amen. Amen. It empowers you. Amen. Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. He am an apostle. He am a servant of God. So by the grace of God, he's empowered to go out and be a servant. Amen. Amen. And so when when we understand that, that it's not some kind of free pass to, to you know, not feel bad about things that we do wrong, that's going to happen anyway. You've got a conscience. And that's how you know that you're not in right standing with God. Your conscience bugs you about it. But once you get forgiven, your conscience is purged from dead works. So you can go out and serve the living God. So you get up in life and go serve him again. Amen. And so when we understand what God is doing here, our purpose is to still go forth and preach the gospel, to increase, to multiply, to replenish the earth. Amen. To do good like Jesus did under the anointing. All of that. You can't do that sitting up moping about stuff. Now, you might think you feel better for doing that, but God's going to check you on that, like he did Job. Amen. Job got comfortable laying in that bed, yanging with his buddies. Amen. You know, with their philosophies about God and why he was in that bed and you know, God, Job, you must have done something wrong. Job's, no, I'm, I'm serving God with all my heart. Oh, Job, you've done something. It's went on until God just came and told everybody, y'all shut up. You understand what I'm saying? Job, take up your bed and walk. So it wasn't Job's job to lay in bed and feel sorry and f- feel bad about stuff he'd done that was wrong. He probably did a lot wrong, like most of us. But it's not our job to wallow in that. It's not helping God any in us either to wallow in our past and wallow in our mistakes and feel bad and all that kind of stuff. That's no good. So in in its place, what we do is we begin to affirm what God says about us and how he sees us. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm forgiven. My past is in the past. I don't have a past anymore. Amen. God has erased that. 
Amen. And he doesn't remember it anymore. And then ask God to help you to get to the place where you don't remember it either. Where you could just shake it off and keep going. Just like Paul with the, the snake that, that jumped out of the fire. Sometimes, you you know, guilt can jump out of the fire and just want to jump on you. And you just make it go. You shake it off and just, uh-uh, I'm forgiven, devil. Don't bring that up. Amen. And so this is the way that we live. We live in the reality of the atoning work of Calvary. We live in the reality of the shed blood. We live in the reality of being forgiven and cleansed. Amen. So, so in Isaiah 53, it points to a place of covenant provision for everything that we need. Amen. He was, this blood was shed. That's a covenant activity. Amen. He did it on our behalf. That's a, 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 a it's the same as, as the lambs that were slain, uh, under the old covenant. So they were, they were sacrifices made in our place on our behalf to cover and atone for our sin. In Isaiah's time, uh, Jesus suffered the wounds by virtue of having given his word. From the foundation of the earth, the Bible says the lamb was slain, right? And so really, Isaiah could say this, could prophesy this, because Jesus had already given his word that he was going to die for our sins. Because it's a prophecy from the mouth of the prophet, he had to do it in reality. Even though it was working under the old covenant to a degree, just on his word. Didn't he heal people in the wilderness after they, they backbitten Moses and talked about God and broke out with snake bites? Then he held that serpent up in the wilderness and people who looked at it were healed? Didn't he give them a covenant in Exodus 15? If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord, you will be healed. So they walked in divine health under a covenant that wasn't as good. It wasn't really ratified in his blood until Calvary. And it had great provisions for everything they needed back then. So how much more? The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Amen. So just understand what God's doing in keeping us healthy and whole. Understand what he's doing. He is fulfilling a promise that was made from the foundation of the earth that worked in a shadow, a form of a shadow under the old covenant. It worked and kept them. It caused Moses to live 120 years. I don't know many saints living that long these days. You understand what I'm saying? So, and the Bible says his eye did not grow dim. I mean, he didn't have cataracts. He wasn't blind. Nor was his natural strength abated. Moses dropped dead on the top of a mountain because he climbed up there at 120 years old. Now, you know, a lot of us is much younger than that. Can't do it three stairs. (laughs) I got a flight of three steps going to my garage and I look, oh, you know, I become the wilting violet when I see them steps. I mean, I get up him and all that, but you know, it's like with sound effects. <laughs> huh? You get a certain age, honey, you, everything comes with, with FX. Amen. 
<laughs> so Jesus had to die because he gave his word. Amen. That had to be acted out. God could not take a substitute. And how do we know that? How do we know God couldn't take a substitute? You know, Father, if it be, let this cup pass from me. Huh? Let this cup pass from me. No, you gave your word. It's in Isaiah 53. And there are shadows of it in other places. And no, you know you got it through. You already gave your word on this. Amen. So Jesus even had to be reminded that he had to, had to fulfill this because he had given his word. So there's never any substitute. See, that's why the Bible says there's so, salvation in no other name. No other name can man be saved by. Because this same Jesus, Jesus had fulfilled everything in the Bible that was ever written of him till the time he went to the cross and then he fulfilled the rest of it. So this word had to be fulfilled. Amen. If it's God, prophecy has to be, he has to keep his word. Amen. It must come to pass. Anything that God has promised must come to pass. Amen. He'll see to it. So the blood of animals were really given to us in faith that he would come at a later time and fulfill and do the real thing. So that our eternal redemption would be fulfilled and sealed on a one-time sacrifice. That's what God wanted. God even told them the, through the prophet's sacrifices and offerings, I would not. Amen. So he, he would rather us obey than, than to make a sacrifice. So now with the new covenant, the one-time sacrifice gives us the ability to obey. We have the ability to obey everything that God puts before us to do. Amen. That's for people who want to complain that this is too hard. You know, we Christians don't want to give up anything, don't want to ask God to help them do things so that they can live a, a life in the spirit. Amen. There's nothing that, that is beyond our ability to accomplish because of what he's done. Sin is a major thing that keeps us from doing things perfectly. And doing things with good results. So that's been taken care of. So, so we have no excuse now for, for living a, a kind of a, a, a backslidden life or weak life or whatever. We, we can do these things. We can even stand on his word to receive our healing. We can do everything. Amen. There's nothing in this word of God that's out of our realm of ability to believe for and or to follow through and accomplish. So Jesus gave his word, and then he fulfilled it. Amen. In Matthew 8, 17, we see one example of how Jesus, his whole ministry and his whole life was fulfilling scripture. I think it's Matthew 8. And, and, uh, 14, when Jesus was come to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. You notice, Peter, don't say Peter asked him, heal my mother-in-law. <laughs> Wake up, okay. God's smarter than that. Amen. <laughs> Just messing with you. He says, Peter's wife's mother, sick of a fever. 
And Jesus touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and baked them some biscuits. Am I right, Poppy? Yeah, that's what I thought you said in there. B-I-S-C-U-I-T. I'm reading the King James and New Interesting Version here. but Well, that's what minister means, serve them. What do you think she served? See, when God heals, he heals totally. And in most of the instances we see of Jesus, it's an instant healing. Whether this lady asks for it or not. So they get up and do the things they would be doing if they were well. It's like the sickness never happened to them. It's so thorough is the work of the Holy Spirit in healing us and restoring us that we're restored back to normal. And she popped up and got up. She said, what y'all want to eat? With You understand what I'm saying? I know most of you queens out there wouldn't do that, but this this is a godly woman right here. Amen. It's a woman of virtue. It says, and when evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Why? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So when you get healed, it's not because your faith is perfect. It's not because you do everything right. You can't earn this. He's fulfilling his word. Amen. So this is what you are believing for, for him to come just because he's fulfilling his word. If we could get that straightened out, man, we could live. Because many of us are convinced that there's something wrong with us if our healing doesn't come like when we think it should. What did it, why is it taking so long? Whenever you start doing that number on yourself, stop it. Just say, God, my healing is on schedule. It's going to arrive on time. Time means nothing to me as far as the things of the spirit are concerned. You understand what I'm saying? We'd like to hasten it. Why? Why are you in such a hurry to get what you want? So you can stop confessing the word. So God's just trying to get you honest. He wants you to confess the word because it's the right thing to do, not because just because you want something from him. And as long as he's testing us, as long as he sees that you start jumping on confessing the word when it takes a while, you ain't honest. So you're supposed to confess that word anyway, in season and out of season. That's how you edify your spirit to stay close to God. You're not confessing the word to get something. You got it already. By his stripes, you're already healed. So why am I confessing the word? So you believe it. You confessing it for you. Boo. Huh? You are. You confessing it for your own little self. But see, we'd rather believe that something's wrong with us than to believe we need to be edified in the word, see. And we do. We need it every day. We need it continually, all the time. Amen? So when Jesus fulfilled his word, it was because 
he um when he healed people it was to fulfill his word amen and and that's the main thing that he's going to heal us when we hold on to the word he's healing us to fulfill his promise to us amen he can't deny himself he will do what he says he is going to do amen so after a while we have to judge god faithful and take him at his word and quit fretting about time quit worrying about why it's taken so long quit wondering when it's going to happen we just have to take him at his word amen because god is blameless we have no grounds to do, to doubt his decree about us because really it's not about us it's more about him than it is about us See, he's given us his faith. He's given us his word. He's given us his blood. He's given us his righteousness. So there's, when we have all that stuff that's from him, there's nothing of us left to be considered. Except, do we continue to believe? So really, what God is doing is, is holding us to a standard of being faithful to continue to believe faithful till the end all who endure to the end will be saved will be delivered end of what end of the test end of the trial of your faith your faith is on trial amen as to whether you continue to leave it in god's kingdom and believe him or if you'll quit and walk away and say it didn't happen or it didn't work for me or i tried that and it didn't work so many times this is what we see in people you know people if especially if you're a a, a church or a ministry where people feel kind of conspicuous you know in a small gathering to kind of thing people always if people who are not secure will tend to measure themselves against other people you know um well uh i i just i just can't believe like that i i can't do that you know that kind of thing and then they look around and they assume everybody else is doing everything right see what i'm saying the devil just works on people like that and pretty soon if they don't get what they've been believing for soon enough they quit they walk away from god they start getting uh offended by every little thing that happens amen and then they send you one of them little notes i'm leaving huh I found something else. They ain't found nothing because most of them don't go to church no more. They're really backsliders. Or they go to a place that's big enough they can come when they want to and don't have to feel like they have to be committed. See what I'm saying? You know, they'll say, well, you know, I want to go where they have a, a real choir. Huh? You You hear all kind of crazy stuff from people. Where, you know, they condemn you if you don't tithe. They have the haves and the have-nots and the guy's so big, they got so many clicks, you'll never get to talk to a pastor, you know. You need prayer for something, you're in bad shape. And they don't teach you to pray many times. You understand what I'm saying? But, you know, you love the place where they got good music. Well, that's what you get. You get music every Sunday. You can get in the elevator and get that. Huh? <laughs> it won't cost you anything. <laughs> so people have to understand kingdom versus, you know, 
just church. You want to be kingdom. You don't want to be just church. Amen. You, you want to, you want to be able to overcome in your life because you have the tools to overcome. Amen. You, you know, you're just not getting something thrown at you. Amen. So God is faithful. You got to judge him faithful at some point. Once you judge God faithful and you realize that he'll do what he says he's going to do, then your, your concern about time tends to go away. You, you're not so anxious about when it's going to happen, how long you've been doing this, how long it's taken, all that kind of stuff. Amen. Sometimes, you know, if you, if you're believing God to get you off medication, you need to throw your old bottles away. You know, cause sometimes you look and find an old bottle you haven't seen in years and, oh, I've been taking this medicine for three years, four years or, you know, you, you'll indict yourself just because you've stumbled on something that reminds you. Amen. And then God has to bring you up into the now and show you, I'm bigger than your pills. Have you not been taken care of? Have you not been taught faith? Have you not been... Some of us will go out and pray for the sick. That pill don't stop the anointing from working through you. Amen. It doesn't. You know, Brother Hagen had a young man, he said, that was in his um, Bible school, I think, trying to think. He was confined to a wheelchair. And I forget what, what, it was something bigger than that, though, that brought him. Might have been a terminal illness that brought him to the healing school. And and I think the family had some some um, money. And so uh his parents rented him an apartment or something there where he could stay for a season. And so God healed him of whatever that was that was bugging him. And uh and then he went on, I think, to go to their Bible school. He graduated, got ordained, he started a church. And he talked to Brother Hagan, he said, You know, I was real reluctant about the healing ministry, because I'm in a wheelchair. And Brother Hagan said, Well we're all working on something. He said, God will use you. No, but he works. The power comes through you. You don't generate the power because your body is perfect. Huh? How many of us are imperfect in many ways and God uses us? Amen? Amen. And so when when we understand, see, you got to understand more about the ministry of the Holy Spirit in vessels, through vessels. Amen? Many times I've seen God use people I knew weren't living right. Love covers. And see, sometimes God loves them sheep out there more than you do. So he'll use you anyway because they're looking to you for help. You understand what I'm saying? While God's working on you to get you to get yourself straight and repent and live right. You understand what I'm saying? It's just mercy, 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 mercy. Man, if he waited for most of us to straighten up. I've had God, the anointing come on me just as I'm getting ready to say something mean to somebody. and I say, poop, hope. I love you, hallelujah. Holla back. Right. You know, it's like I'm 
I'm hallelujah time already. I mean, God will just show up. He'll show you it's not your good behavior that's allowing him to use you. (laughs) So our challenge really is to put our faith completely in God. You have to judge him faithful. That's that's the bottom line. In spite of your thoughts about your flaws, in spite of your not doing everything the way you think you're supposed to do it. Well, I should have been reading my word for three days. I skipped three days reading my word. He's not going to heal me. Seriously. You're going to do it again. In fact, next time it's going to be three weeks. I mean, God will show you. It's not your your pristine obedience that's getting him to do anything. His faithfulness. He can't deny he told you he's going to do it. He'll do it anyway. Amen. So in, in 2 Peter 1.3, I think it's 2 Peter 1. It says, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that to pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. So it's through knowing God, through his word, that you obtain all things that pertain to life and godliness. So there's no other area left out. I mean, if it's if you think you don't do everything right, he's given you everything that pertains to godliness. So just get in your word and get that established. Get your confidence about godliness in your life. Amen? Uh, turn away from, from some things that lure you away from God. And turn to God. You know, learn how to put some discipline in your life so you don't have the devil haunting you every time you don't read enough word. You'll never read enough word. That's why we put it down for a season and go back to it every day. Amen. And so just just pick it up when you pick it up. But God has given us all of these things. Amen. So so these are great and precious promises. Amen. His divine power has given that to us. And also we can be partakers of his divine nature through the promises. You want to see saints get right and get holy? Let them need something from God. Huh? We go around repenting for everything. We nice to everybody. Oh, Pastor, can I, what can I do for you? I was just thinking about you, Pastor. I was going to do something for you. Huh? We get instantly angelic. So he's given us everything that pertains to godliness. Just repent and yield to him. Amen. Yield to the power of God's spirit in your life. Learn how to worship him. Amen. If we could keep that covenant of worship, that wouldn't, there wouldn't be much that we would need in life. Your faith would be so automatic in most things. You know, just flip your mind off of, of lack and doubt and all of those things and, and start to magnify God. Start to lift him up. Norval Hayes gave the testimony of this lady. She was a, uh, he, he called her, he said, well, you know, she's, she's one of these handmaiden type women. She's, she goes to the houses of the sick and sits with them and cleans their house and uh, does their laundry and, you know, she just does that. That's, that's all she ever does. 
and she loves God. And so she said that one day she got the idea that she wanted a Cadillac. And God told her, he said, well, I'll give you that. And, and so she just began to worship God every day, keeping that covenant and worship. And it, the Bible says, if we will, will, blessed is he who has served the Lord, his, his wealth and riches will be in his house. Serve and, 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 uh, worship, it just means, I mean, serve and honor God just means to worship him. So she said about worshiping God continually, every day, you know, when she would think of it, she'd spend time in the presence of God worshiping him. And two years went by, and there was a woman at the church that told the pastor, she said, God keeps telling me to give this this car of mine to this woman here. And she was like, you know, I guess I don't know why she questioned if it was God or not. And so when the pastor asked the woman about it, she said, yeah, I've been trusting God for a brand new Cadillac all this time. And so she gave it right to her from worshiping him. That's all. That's how you keep your covenant. We have a promise to worship God. We have a promise. And then she just continued her usual thing, putting no gods before him. She didn't complain about these people she had to serve. She didn't look for ways to not do what she was called upon by God to do. You know, God would have to assign you to do stuff like that. You just don't jump up and do it and do it continually. Amen. And it's what we do continually that makes all the difference. Amen. If we're continual complainers, we begin to devour our own seed that we planted. We, we, we uproot the good seed that we've planted. But if you're a person that, that is a blesser and a lover and a worshiper and a, a edifier, then God will always see to it that wealth and riches are in your house. You have more stuff than you can count and, and put away somewhere. Amen. Because God will make sure that you get those things. Why? Because you're a good steward. Anybody who loves him and hears from him will do what he tells them to do. So just make sure you're a person that is quick to do what God tells you to do. You don't grow, you're not looking to do less. You're looking to do more. Amen. That's what a real handmaiden and manservant is. You know, a, a good servant will, will, after they've, they've served you, they'll say, well, is there anything else I can do for you? That's what God's looking for. That's a real servant who won't leave the person they're serving until they find out if they're done serving. Amen. So God's looking for people who will serve and say, Master, is there anything else while I'm here? Is there anything else I can do for you? Amen. Instead of grudging like we all do. Amen. Sound effects. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get everything back in sound effects on everything we do. But that's what he's looking for. He's looking for servants. Now people interpret the scripture that you're no longer servants, but, but friends. No, you don't ever drop serving. Jesus served, he, his last act of, uh, in his life was serving. He died on the cross. If Jesus didn't serve people, they wouldn't have gotten healed. See, we look at the healing ministry as kind of like a, 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 a glamorous star thing to do because you're up in front of people. Baby, you will never sweat like you sweat when you, you're looking at people that, that you're supposed to be helping and you don't have the power to do it on your own. And you gotta wait for God to tell you what to do 
I see no glamour there. You understand what I'm saying? Let's get it, don't get it twisted now. Cause if you're looking for the fun aspects of, of life in the kingdom, you know, you'll have your fun, but it won't be in the line of service. It'll be doing what God puts you here to do is, is what serving is. Amen. You've got to do what he tells you to do. You, you have to do those things. There are times you may have to, uh, rearrange some things in order to serve God. I, I can recall there people, different people would come to our healing school because they, they saw the flyer or they saw an ad or something like that. And they said, well, I got to go somewhere at, you know, in a couple hours. Well, we rearrange the service. You have to do that for some people because God sent them all this way. You have to try to accommodate them. Now you got a normal service where there's a bunch of people there. You don't re- you, you don't listen to everybody that comes up and wants to whine to you. Amen. If you got to leave, you got to leave. But but we've got more people here than you to take care of. But when it's a really small number, you know God did that so that these people can get the attention that they need. There was a man who was a little guy that came to our healing school. Uh yeah, he was we were in Toledo. And he, uh, he had terminal cancer. You know what I'm saying? I mean, on his spine. And, you know, the, what the Lord told me to do was let him walk under the anointing. Amen. And and so I walked him around the sanctuary, but we had to flip the service around for him and go ahead. And, and because he had an appointment that afternoon to have some testing, when they tested him, all his tumors were gone. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to be smart enough in God. To rearrange some things to accommodate people who you know God sent them there. I believe God sends everybody, but I know sometimes it's, it's something you got to make special arrangements for because it's just that way. So in order to, to get the results of God, you've got to do the God thing. You can't just say, well, you just sit back and hold it, buster. You don't run anything around here. You know, that kind of thing. Some people you can say that you need to to some people, but this, he wasn't one of them some people. Amen. So, so God healed him, you know, so, so this is why we're here to be servants and be used by God and not to settle for, for not getting a job done. If there's a way to get the job done, you got to work with God to get the job done. So we must, um, we can't, uh, consider anything other than what God says, if we're going to get get our healing and get the things that we need. Amen. So our challenge is to put our faith solely in God, not in our confession, not in our good works, not in our we haven't done this in a long time and God should be able to do something for us. Whether it's big or small, we have to believe God for it. Amen. Big or small. Proverbs 420 to 22 tells us that the word of God is medicine to our flesh. God will will definitely heal our flesh. Amen. We were created by his word. In other words, God said, let us make man in our image. That is image of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So we're, we're spirit, soul, and he had to create a body for us to live in down here on earth. So he created it from the dust of the ground. He said, from dust you came to dust, you'll return. Amen. And, but, 
but he gave us dominion over the earth. So you have dominion over your body. I'm going to say it again. You have dominion over your body. See, this is for your weak Christians that are still fornicating, living wrong, and kicking it. They have dominion over their body. They let the devil get in there and convince them they don't. Just a thought. You have dominion over your thoughts, too. You can change your thoughts to the word of God. So if your body don't want to cooperate because your thoughts are, are, are raggedy, fix your thoughts and make your body go along with it. But we have dominion over this earth tent that we live in. Amen? God gave it to us. He never took it back. What happened when the enemy came in, when Satan caused man's soul to be damaged, the dominion was still there. We just used it in devil's kingdom. But you've been translated out of that now. You no more have to obey the devil than, than you know, listen to a, a broadcast from Mars. You understand what I'm saying? You just don't have to do that. You can leave him far from you, clean up your thoughts, clean up the way you, you use your time. God, is there a better way I can use my time so that I'm not tempted to do certain things? Amen. You know, you, you can't go anywhere. If you're, if your weakness is spending money, you can almost go nowhere to get free from that. Huh? You pick up your phone and the last person you ordered from them followed you on there. Huh? Look at this, what we got here. Look at it, look at it. Everybody that I order from, they show up on Facebook. You know, you go on there, I go on there to write a, a, a little thing at night, and there, there it is. Well, we know you like that one, buy another one. Well, this one ain't the same as what you got the last time, just a little bit different. You understand what I'm saying? The, the devil tracks you to see if he can get you enslaved again. Amen. But you have dominion. You have to learn how to exercise it. Amen. Get somewhere where you don't have all that following you. Amen. (laughs) So you have dominion still over your earthen vessel. You can make your body do whatever you tell it to do. And the way I know that is I don't know how many of y'all are real spry and alert and chipper first thing in the morning. You're not, you don't, you don't go to bed at night and say, ooh, I'd be so glad when the morning comes. I can get up and start, oh, oh, oh. huh? I don't know how many pep talks you want to give yourself, but it's not going to happen. Now, most of us are reluctant to leave that bed. But somehow you get up and make it to work on time that you make that, so you have dominion over your body. You know, you make that earthen vessel get up and do what you need it to do. Amen? Like you do it with that, you can do it with every other thing. Do it everything. Even to meditating and confessing the word, you can, you can make yourself, discipline yourself to those things so that you can be successful. Amen? So our earthly house must be maintained. God repairs our bodies from inside out. That's why we don't see healing immediately when we first start to believe. Amen. The inside, God is working on the inside 
so it'll manifest permanently on the outside. Amen? If he just worked with the outside, it'd be an abracadabra thing. It would come and it would go. Amen? Come and go, come and go, come and go. And because he, your spirit has to maintain your life, has to maintain the, the life of your whole being. So your spirit, you want your spirit to catch on first. I mean, God does it that way. It's not we want that to happen. He does it that way anyway. So that it will be a permanent transformation. Amen. So God formed us on the inside just like him. The outer shell can be easily damaged. Huh? You yank something too hard. Or you try to pick up something you thought was light. Amen. And you, it looks, it's lighter than what it looks like. You wind up finding out it's really heavy. And so you can damage. Why is that? Because of iniquity. Amen. Not just within us sometimes, but in the, in the world. Demons are active doing stuff all the time. Amen. You know, you, it's just, it's like if you, if you're in your kitchen and, and you're kind of in a tight space, you know, and you have your nice skirt on. Something's going to splash and spill on that. I don't care how you try to avoid it. or You understand what I'm saying? It, that's iniquity in the world. Or you go by and walk past something and, and catch a pocket and it snags or something like that. You didn't mean to do that. Amen. So there's things in this earth to dump damage us things we hear do damage to us put fear in us i just look at all these people who are still in their homes and scared of well virus it has a 99 percent recovery rate 99 percent they say oh you know and that's not true for the elderly no because they them figures ain't right now we have it on good authority. They done monkeyed up with them. And the vaccines are only like from 79 to 95% effective. You do rather getting sick and recovering than getting a shot. Just saying. I mean, that's according to data. That ain't my opinion. Uh, Y'all can fact check me if you want to. Help yourself. But see, my faith says I'm going to trust God anyway. I don't care what you, if it attacks you and you get symptoms, you're going to trust God anyway to get you better. Where are you going to go to not trust God? (laughs) So healing is the repair of our earthly house. Our earthen vessel. So God's plan is to help us keep our bodies in repair. In fact, most, most scientists will tell you the body, they, they don't heal you anyway. They just stimulate the body's natural ability to repair itself. Amen. If our bodies didn't have re- a, an ability to recover, and then if it's something that's, that, that, uh, is a challenge, we go to God to augment that. Amen. God, please put your word on this so that it, I can recover. I, I want to restore. I want everything restored to me. So God is his plan is to restore his body, the body of Christ. 
and anybody who wants to join to its former glory. Amen. That's why he allows us to partner with him in the gospel because he wants everybody to have this privilege. Whether they want it or not, whether they talk bad about it or not, it's still for them that God wants them to enjoy good health. He wants them to enjoy prospering by the work of their hands. Amen? You know, I would say wealth, but people get funny ideas when you say wealth. Like money is just going to rain huh? out of the sky and, and you don't have to work for it. You got to work for everything. The nice thing is we don't have the curse to contend with. See, your money, you don't have a money bag of money with holes in it. Amen? You don't have a thief coming to steal everything you can't get it back from him. Amen? So so we, we have a covenant that allows us to be able to retrieve stolen property, to get the sevenfold return back when we catch the enemy stealing. Amen. So those things that, that, that God gives us, we're, we're allowed to receive. Amen. I remember once, um, I had a leak. My, my water bill shot up. And so I found out there was a leak in the, um, in one of the toilets or something. I don't go upstairs. Okay. Just, don't judge me. Okay. Ain't nothing up there I'm looking for. <laughs> All my stuff is down here on my junk. And so, uh, uh, it was, it was leaking. And so, uh, the water bill was like three times or four times what it should be. And, and I claimed my sevenfold return. Amen. That water bill shot down so low and then it gradually came back up to normal, but it, it shot down way low for a few months. Amen. And then on, on one of the other Bills that I use, utility bills, it was decreasing. I just believe God for for decreases, going down and give me back what was stolen from me. Amen? Amen. I was going, checking out at Walmart one time, and I hate when this happens. You know, I keep everything, you know that little tray on, in your cart, there's a little upper tray. I stick everything in there, oh, food, purse. You know, everything is, I just hate bending over in the bottom of the cart. You know, knowing that little thing ain't gonna hold everything. And so a couple of times I walked out of there, it was stuff in that tray I didn't even scan and pay for. And I said, Lord, I don't want to go back in here and rescan this stuff. And so it happened once and then it happened twice. And so I told the Lord, I said, do I have to go back in here and scan this stuff? And I said, well, what I'll do next time is I'll pay, scan some twice or something, make up for it or something. And then as I was going through the checkout line, the next time I scanned something and I heard it blip twice. I just scanned it once, blip twice. And God said, I'm making up for stuff like that that happens to you. He said, I keep up with all of this. I like this God. See, you can live in such a a legalistic mindset that you think you're stealing all the time and you, Walmart is big enough, they ain't going to miss them two little items. Even if they are $100 a piece. Hey! Huh? 
But God says he'll repay these things. He'll restore these things. Amen? So don't get it. I mean, now don't nobody go shopping and just go cart out with a bunch of stuff. But God is in charge of your memory. He's in charge of forgetting and remembering. Amen? Then they got that. I didn't know they had a little camera on there. I was looking up there one time. I said, that's me and that. They film you and everything. I say they got more security in this place. Amen. Amen. First Timothy 6.12 tells us to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on health. All things that pertain to eternal life. So when you wrestle, you wrestle against principalities and powers, not flesh and blood. So you're not really wrestling yourself when you fight the good fight of faith. You're wrestling the enemy who's given thoughts to you, try to steal stuff from you. Amen? And when it says lay hold on eternal life, if you think about it, wrestlers win their matches through different holds that they, you know, different techniques that are called holes that they'll put on people to try and subdue them. So what you're doing is you're subduing the enemy. When you continually hammer him with the word of God, when you continually lift up Jesus and worship God, you're a wrestling him down and you got him in a chokehold where he's got to let your body go. He's got to let your money go. He's got to let everything go. Got to, he got to let your family go. Uh, your relatives, amen? The good ones and the bad ones, amen? He's got to let everything go because he's got no right to it. It belongs to you. And so when we understand fighting the good fight of faith, you're not wrestling against yourself. You're wrestling against principalities and powers. They are trying to rule your life, and they have no authority to rule your life. Amen? So faith really becomes a way, it becomes a matter of discipline and a way of believing, thinking, speaking, and focus. So when you keep your faith focused on the things, you keep a laser focused on the things you're believing God for, you you wind up being a faithful believer. Not somebody, anybody can leave believe for something in an emergency and walk off. When, when you think things are good. But you don't go know God's standard for your life. See, just because we got our car, our job, our house, that's not all there is to God. You have no clue what God has prepared for you unless you can, can get a revelation in your spirit of what it is. And he doesn't show us everything. That's why we have to live by faith. You gotta live every day believing that God is working on something good in your life. He's working on something good for you and good for his kingdom. Because it's not all about us as individuals. He's got work. He said, what do you think the anointing is for? It's not for your, you to keep confessing for stuff you need. It's for you to get out and help somebody else with. And you don't know what what kind of situation you're going to run into, so you have no clue what you need as far as equipment is from God. But you just know he's going to supply it to you. Anything you need, God will supply. But it's more than that. That's why the Bible tells us, no, be concerned with material things. It's not about eat, drink, 
and put what you put on. And many Christians are satisfied when they get to eat, the drink, and what they're going to wear. And then they get nervous if they get sick a day and can't go to work. They're upset. Huh? That's when you see them at the altar. That's when you see them getting serious about God. Because it's, it's, it's challenging the eat, drink, and wear aspect of their lives. And God lets us do that until we grow up. He wants us to grow up. And understand that those things are freely given to us. See, it's the devil that makes you think God doesn't want you to have things. If you look in the Bible, God says, I've given you that already. I've given it to you already. So the devil comes up with his news. God don't want you to have that. Who you think you are? He don't give people like you don't know enough word to get that. No. No. When it's already given to you. Amen. You just have to believe God. It's a discipline, folks. It's a way of life and a discipline. So we may have to wrestle to keep some things. You may have to wrestle your health back from the devil through the word, through worship, through allowing God to do what he needs to do. Amen. So then faith becomes a matter of disciplining ourselves to a way of believing, thinking, speaking, and staying focused. Amen. The goal of your life should be to make your faith strong enough you want your faith to be strong enough for God to honor it amen whenever you apply your faith whatever see when we talk about strength of faith it's not about something we got to work up no, weak faith, strong faith. You notice when Jesus accused the disciples of being weak in faith, it was because they were believing in the natural. Strong faith believes in God all the time. Amen. So Abraham kept going back to God when he got to different points in his walk with God. He went back to God. Um, wonder why. Why do we get in the word every day? To bolster our faith. Abraham knew he was he was getting weak in faith. He was wondering. He was wavering. He was not sure. That's why he went to God and he said, how will I know? A person who's weak in faith will ask that. How will I know you're going to give me a son out of my own body? How am I going to know that, God? Amen. So when we get weak in faith, we need to go to God and say, God, how will I know? I'm not really strong in believing you today. What do I do? Most of the time, we don't even check in with God. We go grab Brother So-and-So's confession book and throw that out there and hope that'll get us over. Amen. But no, Jesus, when he said, ye of little faith or weak faith, it was because they were believing in the natural. It wasn't because they didn't have enough, worked up enough faith in God. I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow this sickness off of me kind of thing. It was because they got in their eyes on the natural again and were looking at, huh? When Peter sank, he said, what made you doubt? Huh? After he had pulled him out of the water, of course. But he said, why did you doubt? What made you doubt? See, that was a day for Peter to learn what made doubt come to him. It was looking at the natural. At the wind and the waves. So whenever we look at the natural, that is going to cause doubt. 
But God wants us always to keep our faith in him. It's in him bringing the results. He's the one responsible to bring these results to us. When you're fully persuaded, you're not distracted. When you're fully persuaded, you have your eyes totally focused on God all the time. Oh, that's so hard to do. You make it hard with a bad confession. It's not as hard as you think if you ask God to help you to do it. But it's necessary if you're going to believe and not doubt. Because you can receive a healing and in the same the same week your mind starts to wander away and you start checking yourself to see if it's real. Mistake number one. Amen. You should know it's real on the inside first. So that's why God allows our insides to get right in our faith before it will manifest on the outside. Full persuasion, not doubting. You must be convinced. Until you are fully persuaded, just know that you're healed anyway. It doesn't matter about symptoms, when they started, when they go. You're healed all the time. You're healed by decree. You're not healed by how you feel. You're not healed by lack of symptoms, absence of symptoms, how intense they are, how bad it is. You're not healed by any of that or or diminished by any of that. But you're healed by decree. God has, because of Isaiah 53, he has decreed us healed. Amen. It's a written law. We are healed. So all we have to do is put our faith in God's law, resist the devil, don't run off, stay off of, of good RX or RXMD or WebMD and all them people looking up stuff and, huh? You'd be as crazy as nurses and doctors are. <laughs> Amen. I was a nurse. I did all that stuff. I stayed in some looking at something. For, I was sure I caught everything that I saw people had. You know what I'm saying? I was a hot mess. But see, God wants to straighten us out and bring us back into divine health. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you that we're healed anyway. We're healed any towel. And we say it. We are healed. And I thank you, Lord, for giving us this time with you so we can honor you and love you and, and uh, bless you and praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing. I thank you, Lord, for the people here and for the people who are watching online to receive your holy power, to see, receive your anointing, receive the power of God so that they may go out and do exploits. That is their rightful inheritance. They have a spiritual inheritance in the ministry that you've given them as believers. So we thank you, Lord. We bless you. We praise you.